Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Woo, I tell you what, I like the energy. Amen. I like the faith in the room. How many of you know you can see faith? You can see it. You can hear it. I remember years ago, me and my wife were at a, a conference, and this missionary got up and started preaching. And as he was preaching, uh, I turned to my wife about five minutes in, and I said, I like him. And she said, you don't even know him. And he just started preaching. I said, I know. I like him anyway. He's got faith. You can see it. Uh, the spirit of faith, you can see that faith. You can hear that faith. How many of you know Jesus, when the, the man was let down through the roof, it said he saw their what? He saw their faith. You can see faith. You can hear faith. Uh, David standing before Saul. All of Saul's armor is literally falling off of David. Like he can't even keep the armor on. But Saul still allows David to go out and face the giant. Why? He could hear the faith in David's voice. We got to get our faith back. We got to get our fight back. We got to get our determination back that God really is who God says he is. We want to welcome everyone who came out here to uh, Lakeland Drive. But how many of you know, we also have some other people. We've got a, a whole nother congregation all the way over there at Highland Colony Parkway. Can we give it up for Word of Life High Code today? We're so thankful that you, you came to church. We had a great time at the 830 service over there, and I know you guys had a wonderful service as well, uh, already in worship, and we can't wait to, to teach the word to you. And then at both of our physical campuses, can we give it up for our online campus, everyone who's watching online today in CBS? We're honored to have you tune in, and I know you can see my face, but I can't necessarily see yours, but we're praying that the Holy Spirit meets you exactly where you are at. Now, for everyone at Highland Colony online as well here as at Lakeland, I want to invite you all next week to Word of Life Church. We are celebrating 40 years of ministry. Amazing. Uh, Word of Life was founded in October of 1980. So here we are 40 years later, and we're going to have a party. Uh, so we figured during COVID we wouldn't do cake, uh, but we are going to do uh, some other things and have free gifts for everyone who's in attendance. We're going to do some things for uh, those of you who are watching online. Uh, we've got a lot of special music. And next week here at this campus, uh, child care is opening back up uh, next week. Yes, yeah, some parents are excited about that. Uh, so child care will open up next week uh, for all ages uh, during that service. So uh, once again, next week's a big week. You don't want to miss it if you can come. Uh, let's open up our Bibles today if you brought them. And we're going to do uh, uh, something a little different. We're going to go off uh, the screen so you guys might have to pull this one up individually. Uh, it won't be pre-programmed in. But let's go over and look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Uh, we've been in a series entitled, I Think I Heard From God. How many of you want to hear from the Lord? Yeah. Amen. Even if you didn't think or believe that you could, wouldn't you still want to? Amen. I want to hear the Lord. I want to know him. I like what Paul said. My determined purpose is what? To know him. I often examine my own heart and ask this question. 
Is it mine? Is my determined purpose to know him? You know, if I'm honest with you, how many of you think preachers should be honest? How many of you think it would be a slight occupational hazard to not be? If I'm being honest with you, so many times my determined purpose is something else. My determined purpose will be to grow a church. My determined purpose sometimes, I remember, I can remember when my determined purpose was to be on a video game. Like, not be on it, but like, play it. And when I get home, my determined purpose. You ever had your determined purpose to get the latest update on Facebook? You ever had your determined purpose to get the latest, greatest iPhone? You ever had your determined purpose to upgrade your house? Paul said, my determined purpose is to know him. Is it yours? And that's what this series is about, is you can. You can know him. That type of life, it's on the menu. Now, you have to order it. And you might even have to pay a little price for it. But it's on the menu. You can know the Lord. You can know his voice. You can walk with him as Enoch walked. You can know when you've pleased him, and you can know when you grieved him. You can know the Lord. And I'm telling you, I've been pastoring now for this will be my 19th year in October. Isn't that something? I can't believe I'm that old. (laughs) Be doing something for 19 years. But I've seen a lot of different kind of lives. I've seen some most successful people you've ever met in your life. Multi, like the world's definition of success, multi-millionaires. I've met some of the ministers that you would think would just, you know, see them on television or see them on Instagram and just, I've seen them. I've I've walked with them. I've seen people from almost every different nation, from South America to India to China to Japan, to Zimbabwe, Zambia, Uganda, Kenya, South Africa, Botswana. Gone all all over the world, seen all different types of people, all different types of background. And you know who I see the richest people are? Those who have a rich relationship with him. Where his voice is weighty in their lives. I had a story come up in my heart today. It's one of those things where if you come to a church for any length of time and you stay in the church and listen to the same pastors, you're going to hear the same stories. Have any of you noticed that from me? I don't get tired of telling you my stories. Now, I do that for two reasons. Of one, I never want to preach a message to you that you don't see me trying to walk it out in my own life. So that's the first thing. It's safe for me to make sure I'm trying to do the word that I'm teaching and not just preach it. Uh, But the second reason is it's safe for you. Because it's not the word that you know that changes you. It's the word that you do. 
And within every one of these things, there's a spiritual truth that if I'm open to it, and I'm not always open, and neither are you. You're not always open. Sometimes you came in some, so frustrated from something that happened before service that you just sit through the service closed. But if you're open, the Holy Spirit can speak something to you and get a truth in your heart. I love that. How many of you are thankful for the Holy Spirit? I want that. More than ever, I I want the Holy Spirit to talk to you while I'm talking. That you may not even have heard anything that I said. I've had people come up to me at the end of the service, I so enjoyed that message. I'm like, what did you like about it? And they start talking about it, and I, I didn't even teach on that. I'm like, that was, that was nowhere near the scope of what I was communicating. But they heard from the Lord, and that's what we want. Well, anyway, this story, I, I can't tell you how many times I heard it growing up. And I never fully understood it or valued it until today. The Holy Spirit brought it back to my remembrance. And this pastor I used to always sit under and listen to would talk about this story, about a young man. From what I gather, he never listed his age, or if he did, I can't remember it. But I I would guess in between 25 and 28, maybe 23, young man, and he made a decision to begin selling out to the Lord. Now, do you know what I mean by that? Like, I, I don't just mean church attendance or online attendance or whatever it may be. Because there's a big difference. How many of you know there's a big difference? You ever seen that? There's a big difference. How many of you know sitting in a, car, uh, in a garage doesn't make you a car? You can beep, honk, still not a car in the garage. And the same thing is true with like walking with the Lord. You can come and sit in church and still not walk with it. You can have worship music all around you. The altar of the living God was sitting there in Saul's kingdom, right there in the kingdom. But the Bible says he never sought after it. Isn't that something? God right there. But so busy running a kingdom, you forget to humble yourself before his presence. Isn't that something? So busy with life that we forget about the giver of it. And so this young man made a decision to acknowledge the Lord, to break and surrender before the Lord Jesus, to really just participate in it, to not just sing but worship, to not just read but study, to not just have friends but to have friends who want to talk about Jesus And the more he's doing that, the more he begins to pray about, God, I want to do your will. Like, what do you want me to do with my life? How many of you know that the world has a tomorrow? But when you start walking with God, you don't just get a tomorrow, you get a future. God says, I've given you a hope and a future. Tomorrow will come to every person. You'll wake up tomorrow. Next day after that will be tomorrow. But God's got a future. And a future is not just existing or living, it's a plan, (laughs) it's a mission. 
It's an assignment. And when you start walking with the Lord Jesus, you get incredibly curious to find out what in the world that is. You get hungry for it. It's like, why am I here? It's got to be more than just a, a new house or living on a lake. It's got to be more than a fancy car or buying the next purse. Like there, there's got to be this heart hunger that arises in the hungry soul. And it starts to want to know, what am I here for? What am I supposed to do? Like there's a work I'm supposed to accomplish. And this played out in this man's life. Well, the beautiful thing is, is God began to speak to him. God began to deal with his heart. He's coming to the Lord broken, contrite, open, talking to God about anything. And God speaks to his heart about China and maybe being a missionary in China. Well, when he got that, that scared him. That scares some of you. You think about moving your family over to China out of the blue? And so it scared him so much that he didn't want to hear it. And so he knew the way not to hear it. And you know what he began to do? He began to drift from the Lord. Now, we all know that. I remember growing up, uh, we went to the beach, uh, and my father got on this raft out in the beach, uh, got in the ocean, got on this raft, and fell asleep on the raft and drifted out in the ocean, like so far that a boat woke him up and had to bring him back inland. That's a problem. But he didn't even know. That's my wife's worst nightmare, by the way. Petrified of all things ocean. Anyway, you didn't need to know that, but we threw it out there anyway. Now, he drifted just by getting lazy and falling asleep. That ever happened to you in Christianity? You just got a little lazy and all of a sudden you've drifted, and then you look up and you realize, I've come a little too far. I need to go back. That ever happened to you? Sometimes it happens. We just get a little lazy. But other times we leave it. There's a difference between lazy and leave. Lazy, you just steadily drift. Leave is like, I don't know about all that. And you begin to walk away. Well, he knew that every time I get close to God, and, and start opening up my life to like really engage with him. God starts dealing with me about this, and I don't want God to deal with me about this, so here's what I'll do. I'll just take my life a little further away from God and just intentionally leave this. So he began to fill his life with other things. He began to fill up on other things and to empty himself of the things that were taking him to that place of direction. So he began to leave Christian fellowship, began to come to church less and less, began to listen to different things when he listened to things, began to watch different things when he watched different things. And somebody finally, thank God for accountability. How many of you know everyone needs someone in their life who can tell them no? We need accountability. Someone came and asked him what was going on. Like, where have you been? I can tell something's off. You can see spiritual health. I talked earlier. You can see faith. In the book of Acts chapter 6, you see him go out and find people, and it lists things that make someone spiritually healthy. Apparently, you can see it. 
You can see spiritual. A lot of time you can see it in people's eyes. In fact, the older I get, you know what I do now? It makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. I'll sit down with them and will not engage in conversation. I'll just look at them. And it freaks them out, man. I mean, it scares them, especially when they know you're a pastor. But I've learned you can see spiritual health. You can see if someone's just nervous because they're meeting with the pastor, and so they think they're going to the principal's office, and they're a little nervous. But you can also see fear. You can see sadness. You can see rebellion. Rebellion has a face. You can see hardness. You can see bitterness. And they could see it on him. And so, thank God, they loved him enough to say something. How many of you are thankful for the friends who will tell you when something's in your teeth? (laughs) Amen. And spiritually speaking, sometimes you get off. And it's nice to have people who say, are you okay? And care enough to, to get you back. And anyway, he told him what I told you about this life of filling up on spiritual things and God's guidance. Now, I want to talk about that in a minute, but I don't want to skip over that point. In in Luke chapter 4, we'll see it here in verse number 1, it says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. Notice the connection here. We can see it together on the screens. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by. Now, in my Bible, I don't know how you feel about writing in yours. I like to write in mine and do things like this. I underlined full of, and I drew an arrow to led by. I underlined full of, And I drew an arrow to lead by. Why? Because whatever you're full of, you'll be led by. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. Somebody says, I want to be led by God. It's not on God's side. I promise you that. It's on my side. If I want to be led by God, what's my job? Fill up on God. Fill up my car with God, fill up my schedule with God, fill up my living room with God, fill up my my music with God, come on somebody, fill up my life with God, fill up my eyes with God, fill up my ears with God. Why? Because whatever I'm full of, I'll be led by. You ever been led by a television show? Oh, come on now. You know what I'm talking about. We're coming out of COVID. Uh, In COVID, a lot lot of you got, got caught on a show. And you watched it, and then you watched a little bit more, and you watched it. And did you ever get so full of it? And now, instead of you controlling it, it begins to what? Control you. And you're somewhere else, but all you're thinking about is that show. I got to get back to it. I got to see what happens next. I got to see what they say. I got to hear what they're going to, I got to hear what they're going to talk about. I got to see what they're going to do. And God's like, could you do that with me some? Could you like, I got to hear what he's going to say. I got to see what he's going to do. Like I've got to notice what he's got to notice. And God is like that type of life. It can happen. 
if you'll be filled with me. Have you ever noticed like so filled up on an app that you didn't even notice you opened the app? And like even like during a devotional, now I'm checking the news and now even during a devotional, now I'm on, how did I get up on Facebook? Because whatever I'm full of, I'm led by. In Romans, it talks about this. He said, look, don't let your body do anything you want. If you do that, he said, the more you yield your body to whatever you yield it to, that thing becomes your master. He's like, instead, yield yourselves unto God. I love that. Be filled with God. Yield yourself to God. Just like I would take the time to stop and see what was on my phone, take the time to stop and play the video game, take the time to stop and read the news, that I would yield myself unto God and take the time to stop and see, God, what's on your heart? Take the time to stop to say, God, or what, are, what are you speaking about this right now? And God said, if you're filled up, you'll be led by This young man got filled up on God and God began to move in his life. We're we're so weird, especially Christians. If you're not a Christian, you're like, I agree with that preacher on that. Christians are weird. I'll tell you how we're weird. We make it so complicated. You know what I've noticed lately? This is just an observation. You can disagree with this if you want to. But you know what I've noticed? It seems like with a lot of Christianity, there's become this magnification of personality and this worship of will. Now, when I say worship of will, I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about a power. Willpower. And we begin to set people up on pedestals, and we come to this place where it's like, man, they're so disciplined. Golly. Have you ever done that? It's like, that. here's how you know you, you've done it. You come back, i got to be more disciplined. Golly, I've got to be more disciplined. This worship of will, I've got to be more amazing. Do you know sometimes I even feel that as a, as a pastor? Of I have to be impressive with my communication. Like, Lord, I need to be impressive. And the Lord constantly reminds me, no, you don't. You have to be obedient. Just say what I want you to say. But we're so focused with impressive that we come back with the power of will to make our lives more impressive, to make ourselves more impressive, to make our marriages more impressive, because we know everybody's watching us. With this Instagram, you know, social media world we live in, we have all of these eyes on us, and so we want to be more whatever. And so we try to work towards that. And here's what God is saying to us. It's like, man, you got one job. Have you ever noticed, like, an NFL kicker? I don't do this so much to the college kids because, like, for the college kickers, it's like, hmm, you're not getting paid for it. But for an NFL kicker, like, especially with, like, a 37-yard field goal, I'm like, you had one job. If they miss it, it's like, you, you, 
You had one job. Like you don't, you don't even have to do like drink the protein shakes and all. You got one job, make the kick. And for us as Christians, we take the canon of the word of God and we break down all of these jobs. And then we get upset with ourselves when we lack the will to follow through on forgiveness. The will to follow through on a fast. The will to follow through on giving. We lack the will. So what do we come back to? Will. And we worship at the altar of will, of like, I've got to be better. And now I've taken myself out of grace and back into works. And God is like, no, you don't. You got one job. Somebody says, what is it? And it's not be impressive. Why? Because if you're impressive, what do people worship? Your routine, your program, your diet. God's like, here's your job. You got one job. I am the vine. You are the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You got one job. What is it? Stay connected to the vine. And if I stay connected to the vine, he said, here's the, here's the thing you'll see. Is there's a heavenly father who's the husbandman? And those things in your life that you do not care for because they are not producing fruit and you know it's drawing life from the things that should be producing fruit, here's what, here's what Jesus said. The father will trim the vine. We get so, here's what Jesus is saying. We get so focused on getting the bad out that we get upset when the bad doesn't get out. And God's like, no, 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 no. Get the good in. Because if you get the good in, the Father will get the bad out. So it's not do, don't, do, don't, do, don't. It's like, just stay connected. You get connected to God, anything that's not of God will get pushed out. You start worshiping, you start praying, you start going to church, you start talking about Jesus, you start sharing your faith, you begin to pour out your life before God. It's amazing how over the course of time, you will see God trim your life and produce fruit. How do we get this wonderful relationship with the Lord? Whatever I'm full of, I'll be led by. Can I ask you? It's just between me and you, and no condemnation with this. How many of you know we don't need condemnation? But did you know condemnation and change are two separate things? When God speaks to your heart, it's never like, you were awful, and you need to adjust. It is, I have better for you. Come up higher. Here's how simple life is. What are your ears full of? What are your eyes full of? This week, this week, just take this week as a, um, we'll just cut out this week, this past week. This past week, what filled you? What filled you? In your car, what fills it? In your home, what fills it? In your living room? 
what fills it. And God says, if you will just fill up with me, you will see fruit be produced. And instead of worshiping at the altar of will, you'll see actually one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And that as you yield yourselves unto God, you have grace now to fix something that you couldn't fix before because apart from me, you can't do it. But when you yield to me, this power of grace flows into your life. What's your car filled with? What's your music filled with? I remember when when I started um, having children. Well, I shouldn't say when I start, when my wife started having children, I knew one of the things that would come up would be secular music, what we would call secular music, music that is not Christian music. And I knew my kids would be interested in secular music. And how did I know that? How would you know, how do you know your kids are going to be interested in secular music? Because you were a kid, Right? I can remember my dad pulling me aside and talking to me about all the music he listened to in the 70s and all those types of things. Uh, And that was the talk about, like, here's why we don't listen to ABC. Anyway, so when I I became a parent, I'm like, I know they're going to ask about this. And so the Lord dealt with me about, you know, hey, you know, is it wrong to proclaim your love to your wife? I'm like, no. He's like, is it good? I'm like, yes. He's like, well, there will be songs that help with that. Is it wrong to celebrate? I'm like, no. It's like, well, there'll be songs that help you celebrate. Is it wrong to have fun? I'm like, no. He'd be like, there's songs that help you have fun. I'm like, huh, never thought about it that way. He said, but here's two things you need to watch for. First thing you need to watch for is the words in the song, right? Because how many of you know words matter? We don't sing songs about let's get drunk tonight. It cuts against our values. As a family. Uh, But it's cute. I know. But it's wrong. But there are some things, and I never will forget the Lord when he spoke this to me. He said, sometimes the words are right, but the spirit is wrong. And you don't know the spirit they were under when they were writing that song. And when you listen to it, it's filling you up with that same spirit. Amen. Words are containers. Now, here's my point. In your life, if you want, and it's entirely up to you, you don't have to want it. But if you want, like this deep, intimate, passionate relationship with God, where his word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, where God is leading you and guiding you and the Holy Spirit is showing you things to come and God is instructing you and you hear this voice like Isaiah said you would that says, this is the way, walk ye in it, and you want this life of light and clarity and beauty. It all comes down to what are you full of. And when you make that decision, I'm going to fill up this house with God. I'm going to fill up my life with God. I'm going to fill up my car with God. I'm going to fill up my ears with God. I'm going to fill up my eyes with God. I'm going to fill up my mouth with God. How many of you think our churches could be filled with God? Like, if I make this decision 
to fill my life up with God, then it will only be a matter of time before I am led by the Spirit of God. They came to Jesus, and I'll close with this. I really am. The musicians are even coming out on stage as proof as to how close I am to closing. In John 4, Jesus has not eaten. You ever not eat, eaten before? And what, what does that make you? Hungry because you're what? Empty. So you're here empty, and Jesus was empty, and the disciples come to Jesus, and they tell him this. They're like, Master, eat, and they hand him food. Now, what is food? It is things that is produced from the earth. So notice Jesus takes this natural conversation, and he's going to make it very spiritual. And so they're like, fill up on these natural things. And Jesus looks at him, and he's like, ha, I've got an opening to have a spiritual talk with you. You're talking about natural things. I'm about to shift it and talk about spiritual things. Fill up on these natural things that came from the earth. Master, eat. Fill up on what the earth has produced. Master, eat. And Jesus looks at him and says, I have meat to, know, to eat of that you know not of. And they still don't catch it. They still think he's talking about natural things. And so they're like, did somebody bring him food already? He's like, no, 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 no. My meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Years ago, I would meet different people. And I like meeting different people, especially, like I said, different backgrounds, different nations. Love it. And when I'd meet them, I'd often ask them this question. Because I was a young man and I was trying to figure it out. What does success look like to you? I want to know. What's your definition of success? My favorite answer came from my father-in-law. He said, here's my definition of success. My family sitting around my table. I never forgot that because every other man I ever asked talked about something natural, talked about an achievement, talked about a ministry. And this man said, my family sitting around my table. How many of you know that's so true? Because at, at the end of life, it doesn't matter how nice the table is if you don't have anybody sitting around it. But here lately... I've been thinking about in the context of Jesus. What would Jesus label as success? What would he call it? What would his definition for it be? And you know what I, I've just settled on in my heart? It'd be one sentence. It is finished. It is finished. How many of you know when Jesus hung on the cross? He didn't say, I am finished. Why? Because every single person in this room, you'll never be finished. Do you know you're going to live forever? Now you get to pick where, but you'll never be finished. But how many of you know it is not always finished? And Jesus said, here's what I spend my whole life doing. I don't chase after all these natural things that you fill up on, 
All these things that you think you got to have in order to be full. All these things that you think came out of this world that you got to eat of in order to be full. All these things that you're chasing. All these things that you're trying to fill up on to think it'll make you fill and give you substance. He's like, I have seen it all. I have walked on streets of gold. I've got an t- entire gate that's made out of one pearl. He said, I've seen all of this type of life, and I'm telling you, that's not what's going to fill you up. There's meat to eat of that you know not what it is. What is it? I want to walk with him. That you can walk intimately with the Lord, and you can hear his voice. That God can deal with you about something to do in your life. That you can come to the place where you don't care what kind of clothes you have. Or shoes you got on your feet. What you care about is, am I doing it? Am I fulfilling the thing that God has spoke to my heart? And here's what I can promise you. If you can position your life over into doing it, God will take care of your destiny. God will take care of your future. God will take you into a wealthy place. God will take you over into a land that is a blessing to you and is filling to your family. God will take care of you when you just make a decision to say, God, here's what I want. My determined purpose is to know you. And when I know you, my determined purpose is to finish your work.